Chime in, anytime. <laughs> oh no, I'm enjoying this far too much. Haven't you ever seen a rare hairless Wookiee before? Oh. Always remember I am Always remember I am Hello there and welcome to episode 49, we're almost there, of Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast where we travel through the galaxy watching each episode of every Star Wars TV series in whatever order we please. I'm your host, Tommy. And I'm your other host, slowly melting in the twin suns, also known as Cassie. Also known as Cassie. Uh, yeah, I just said that. I know. Usually I say it when you say who you are. Also, 49 was the, the number of my mom's school bus. It was. I rode your mom's school bus. You did. Uh, fun little fact about us. It sounded like you said fungal fact. It is, well, it's a fungal fact because, it's all I don't know, moldy. We're, we're decomposing slowly that's true. together. Um, that's Aww. romantic, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, we're recording this and there's like a really crazy fucking heat wave uh, in our part of the country. And it's I guess so gross. every part of the country, I don't know. but Probably because, you know, global warming. We've had, yeah, if you, yeah. If you know what global warming is, you know that it's hot as fuck. Yeah, it does feel like uh, we have the twin sons of uh, tattooing going on right now. It's mm-hmm. really hot. We've had excessive heat warnings uh, two days in a row, three days in a row, probably a coming up tomorrow. Uh, but it feels like stepping into a what is that thing in D and D? Those cubes, a gelatinous cube. Yeah, I guess the moisture. Yeah, it's it's hot. It's hot, y'all. It's some We're, thick, juicy. It's hot, and I know other places have it worse than we do right now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, definitely keep keep cool out there. Keep hydrated. Watch out for each other, and you know, look out for each other. Generally speaking, but anyway, <laughs> today we are continuing. Speaking of heat. It's the summer of Soka, and we're continuing our journey as we're getting geared up, ready to go, rocking and rolling towards Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Is that what you're going to say? Yes, oh, okay. I was. No, you're fine. Um, very, I mean, I'm so excited for the show. I watched um, like some other just like clips, not clips, but like random just random stuff um there were like you know some some interviews and stuff like that rosario dawson like seems pretty excited uh, most of it i think were like interviews around star wars celebration and stuff but um honestly nothing is making me more excited than just being in this moment and like rewatching some of these episodes oh my god because boy oh boy are we watching some of like arguably not just the Best episodes of like the Clone Wars, best animated stuff. Which happens to be the last four episodes of the Clone Wars. (laughs) But some of the best Star Wars media, period. Mm -hmm. Um, Today we're talking episodes nine through 12 uh, of season seven of the Clone Wars. Gonna have some background information just because there's a little bit of interesting behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, these are, I mean, when we were re watching this, I like, I've had 
multiple i've gone through like multiple thoughts like every time we've rewatched this Mm -hmm. right and i think the the prevailing thought i had this time around was i wish this got a theatrical release and not that it matters i don't think that much anymore because pretty much everything that is made like can go straight on tv but it was a movie like it literally each episode picked up precisely where the other one left off i mean it was a it was a four-parter that should have been just a movie i i'm i'm at a point where i would love to have and it it doesn't matter again because it's streaming but like it would be great to have this in one consecutive uninterrupted pull in some deleted scenes because you know there's deleted scenes uninterrupted thing and just have it as like a full movie like that doesn't even have to be theatrical release i would just love to watch it all start to finish uninterrupted um but the good thing about a theatrical release is that you get the like emotion of the rest of the crowd and obviously at this point if they did that everyone that would go see it has seen it like we would all go see it together to for the for the reason of being together right right? like I think you said something that was really fascinating, too, and we'll talk a little bit about this because these episodes coincide, like, very specifically with episode three, Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. of, like, a bunch of different moments Which that we happen. did see in the theaters. I mean, yeah. obviously, because it was a movie, but I mean that we physically went and also saw it. Like... We were in high school. It would be cool to just do a back-to-back showing of each of them. Uh, or or like, have them on at the same time. Was some, what I yeah, said. I don't know if that would exactly work, just because some of the timing feels a little sped up um, sure, in, sure. in these episodes. But, like, yeah, have something where it's, like, I'd love to have, like, and I'm sure someone's done this online, too, have had the clips, like, mashed mm-hmm. in. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, and I, I kind of, like, have waffled as we, like, watch more stuff and, like, yeah. you know, like... Vision season two, very, like, very, very powerful. Season one, really good, like, up there in my tier list of, like, really close to perfect, like, Star Wars moments for me. Star mm-hmm. Wars, like, collections, media, like, if you want to call, like, individual movies and things like that. If this were a movie, if these four episodes were a movie, I think it would be my number one pick for, like, favorite Star Wars movie. Oh, like, yeah easy um yeah number one i think it would be oh number yeah one. number one uh, easily <laughs> like i would love to see this live action holy shit could you imagine yeah I, like I, I was telling you like the end sequence which obviously we'll talk about more at the end but it looks so real like there's just such an advancement <sighs> in i don't know it just looks so beautiful like it would be so cool to see that in live action i you know i i can't watch or even like <laughs> It's going to sound so stupid. I can't watch or even, like, think about, like, the end of this series. You're starting to tear up. Without getting, like, kind of emotional. <laughs> like, it's Aww. it's so good. It's yeah. so powerful. It's and, like, okay. It's okay. It, <laughs> shut up. Stop. It's so, like, it's it's very, like, it. they just did such a fucking good job yeah. with it. And, like, I feel so supremely, like, satisfied every mm-hmm. single time we watch it. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't well, diminish. There's one thing that 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 I don't feel like they did a good job with. And what? <sighs> R.I.P. Cheap. <laughs> we haven't gotten there. Spoilers. I know. I'm just saying we're going to talk about it. I'm yeah. just saying. 
I wasn't gonna say it. I was gonna wait, but then you were gonna be like, "What are you? What are you talking about? What part did you not like?" And I yeah. just all I'm gonna say right now is <laughs> "R.I.P. Cheap." I, I figured that was what you were you're getting at. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's just dive into it. I think let's we've given it. enough yeah. um, of our preamble, and we can kind of wrap up at the end with our thoughts because I think, like you said, both of us kind of both of us rank this one pre- like this pretty highly just in context of star wars so yep um yeah i i think we can like i said we can wrap up with kind of our final thoughts but to jump in i do want to talk a little bit we didn't really dive into cast and crew on the last one that we did um we did talk a little bit about uh a little bit about the cast in the last one with uh um what's his name being palpatine after ian abercrombie's mm-hmm. death um mm-hmm. ian mcdermott no 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 not him um oh god uh, the guy from Rocky Horror. Yes. <laughs> I'm a blanket on his name. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it matters. It doesn't matter. It's like Dave Chibi or like... What? Sh- no, it's like... Uh, no, it's not. It's like that many syllables, though. <laughs> Dave Chibi. It has... It has so so you're, you're trying to think of Tim Curry? Tim Curry, yeah. Dave Chibi? It's like doesn't... the same... It says the same none number. Of, like the same letters it's like at Dave, all. Tim, Chibi, okay, Curry. Fine. It's like it fits. It's kind of it has it's a all there. C and a Y in it. Uh, Dave Chibi. Oof, the heat wave is getting to us. Um, so episode nine, uh, cast and crew. So we have like our normal kind of folks. Episode nine is the last one that has the the kind of narrator at the beginning. And so we have Tom Kane credited um, as Admiral Yularen and the narrator Ashley Eckstein, of course, as Ahsoka Tano, Julian Holloway as Almec, um, who is uh, we'll talk a little bit more about in a minute. Of course, Matt Lanter as Anakin Skywalker. Matt Wood is back as Battle Droids. Um, Katie Sackhoff as Bo Katan. Mm-hmm. D. Bradley Baker, of course, Clone Troopers, and uh, he is uh, Commander Rex as well, of course. Ray Stevenson makes an appearance as Gar Saxon. Sam Witwer as Maul. Uh, James Arnold Taylor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then we have Vanessa Marshall. I wanted to call this one out as cast. Uh, Vanessa Marshall is uh, the one and only Harrison Dula. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and then we have Donald Faison as a the tactical voice, The voice actress. Yes, yes, sorry. Yeah, of course, the, the voice actress, not... Um, uh, it's gonna be Mary Elizabeth Winstead in the upcoming. Yes. Um, but yeah, she's the voice actress of um, Harrison Dula. Donald Faison is a tactical droid. Uh, he's probably most well known as Turk in Scrubs. Oh wow! Oh yeah. my god, that's so funny. He's the I think the tactical the only tactical droid at the very beginning of the episode that Anakin like lures out and then like oh, long and then distance sh- force pulls and <laughs> destroys. Yeah, being cocky as fuck. And then we have Sharmila Damar. As Ursa Wren, which I thought I wanted to call that out specifically too, because Ursa Wren makes an appearance in both episode nine and episode ten. Ursa Wren, of course, is Sabine Wren's mother in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this is really kind of like there's a lot of details I'm throwing out at the the opening, but I'm gonna tie a lot of this together because where this takes place in everyone knows like this comes out in 2020 right mm-hmm. like this is a very this is more recent than star wars rebels so there's a lot of like rebels connections that happen yeah um the fact that they're able to i mean there was a long breadth of time between season seven and the other seasons yes and we'll talk about and that so too. Yep. it's just great that somehow they still keep it very connected to where we left off right 
but then also connect it to a movie that has been out for almost a what for more than a decade at this point for two decades almost at this point mm-hmm. which is crazy because i'm pretty sure revenge of the sith came out in like 2006 2007 uh i don't know the exact year but around that time sure yeah somewhere around there i mean the the series basically like premiered kind of right after the prequel trilogy so um 2005 2005 wow um yeah so like yeah episode right uh, after we started dating it was one of the one of the first movies i think we saw in theaters together yeah revenge of the sith yeah uh i remember there was a poster we might have talked about this in the podcast already but there's a poster of for revenge of the sith and it's darth vader and it says who's your daddy and it's just like okay (laughs) sure so dumb sure um i'm gonna skip over episode 10 because pretty much everyone is in that episode is the same um in terms of like voice actors and things like that um episode 11 though we have uh we mentioned him before we have uh uh, CH33P, aka Cheap, uh, is voiced by Dave Filoni. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Um, cheap, cheap. What I think is very cheap, cheap. F- funny about that is Dave Filoni, notably, notoriously, notably, notoriously, and notably, voices another droid, which is also a C series droid, which is our good friend Chopper. So he's only voicing C series droids for some reason. So Cheap, <laughs> I'm just going to say, is the love child of R2D2 and Chopper. Like, He's like the perfect in between because he's got like he's like chaotic, but also like I don't know a little more uh, reined in than Chopper. Sure, sure, we can say that. That's what I like to think, <laughs> and he looks like R two. So we'll talk a little bit more about him later. Um, no, I want this whole episode just to be it's about just, cheap. It's just cheap, cheap. Um, we have also have Silas Carson as uh, Kiati Mun- Mundi. I think that's how you, I don't know. Kiati Mundi? Kiati Mundi, yes. That's, um, uh, he actually is. Oh, yeah, he's the tall he's, head. He's the <laughs> tall head guy. He actually is Newt Gunray, Lot Dodd, Kiati Mundi, and uh, Antidar Williams, uh, the pilot who dies at the beginning of episode one wow. in those movies. So, <laughs> um, just thought that was pretty cool. Of course, we have Terrence Carson as Mace Windu. Gwendolyn Yeo makes an appearance as Nala Say and Ian McDermott as Darth Sidious, um, mostly in uh, in episode 11 voiceovers from, epi- from episode three, um, of course. We also have episode 12. Really, the only voice actors in, ep- in that are Ashley Eckstein, Dave Filoni, Dee Bradley Baker, and Sam Witwer. Mm-hmm. So that's your the cast and The best of the crew. best, really. <laughs> I mean... Not to discredit anyone else, but they're so good. Like they just they're just notorious. Uh, Sam Witwer is so phenomenal. Yeah, I mean any episode that has um that has like Darth Maul, Sam Witwer in it. It's like, one of my favorite episodes. It's just phenomenal. The bisexual energy of Darth Maul is very alive and well in these four episodes as well very palpable very real very palpatine very palpatine he was so palpatine for that he was so palpatine for that um i did just also want to call out really fast um dave filoni is credited as the writer um for all of these episodes um and then the different directors um for each one so um the first episode old friends not forgotten i didn't actually say the titles uh but old friends not forgotten um is directed by saul ruiz the second episode, which is The Phantom Apprentice, is de- uh, directed by, I almost said dedicated to, directed by Nathaniel Villanueva. Um, Shattered 
is directed by Saul Ruiz, and then Victory and Death is Nathaniel Villanueva again. Got it. Um, so, yeah, so all names that we're very familiar with, very familiar mm-hmm. with if you're uh, listening to our podcast. Always the big heavy-hitting Clone Wars episodes. Yes, absolutely. Usually the endings or the finales of every season. <laughs> yep. Um, and then I did just want to call out, to these episodes aired, um, basically, the final episode premiered May 4th, of course, mm-hmm. uh, in 2020. Um, but they began premiering, I think the first one premiered April 7th. Wow, two months into There's COVID. A- April 17th, yeah. Uh, yeah, because March 24th was my birthday, and mm-hmm. it was the first weekend Yeah, you're right. that it was shut down. Yep. And we actually, it's funny, we started watching Clone Wars over COVID. So we actually watched these a little bit later, but we still weren't really that late to the party on like no. how these ended. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just a little, I mean, no one, cool. no one cares about like our history, but you know, just a little fascinating. Our little fungal history. Um, but anyway, uh, so jumping right in, some other background on these episodes that I wanted to just kind of kick off. So we talked a little bit about the history of Clone Wars in the last episode, season five. Show gets canceled. It was on Cartoon Network. I think I might have screwed up everything I said in the last one. It was canceled off of Cartoon Network. There were a bunch of episodes that were like already like developed. And some, I think it might have even been, been D. Bradley Breaker that said they were like working on stuff through season eight at that point, which mm. sounds just absolutely wild. But um, anyway, I think also just could be the sheer number of episodes they were working on. Because what would that have been? I don't know. They were doing like 22 episode season. So, you know, who. I don't know how that's possible, but Mm -hmm. season six actually was a collection of, it was 13 episodes that were completed after the series initial cancellation. Um, Again, we talked about that briefly last time. That season was originally going to be 22 episodes, but it ended up only being 13. So Mm -hmm. season six, only 13 episodes. There's a lot of back and forth kind of production-y stuff that really isn't that interesting, but the season did end up premiering on Netflix in March of 2014. Mm. Um, and that was after it aired on German television kind of initially. It was around the same time. So it was basically premiered dual on uh, Netflix and um, in, like on German television. Hmm. The sixth season was kind of marketed as the Lost Missions. Um, and there's a number of very kind of enlightening episodes in that season that I would I would love to talk about in depth, but just kind of we're not going to do that today because <laughs> we just don't have enough time, but just kind of high level, just to kind of set the scenes. One of them that's very important to some of the stuff we're going to talk about is the conspiracy, what I would dub the conspiracy arc. And this is correct. Uh, we realized <laughs> before we started recording, we, I dubbed why I was so confused. <laughs> I dubbed the last arc, the lost Jedi arc, which is not the name of an episode. Which completely threw me off. So as we're setting up for this episode, I'm like, Tommy, where did you get the name for like the arc thing from? And I was just like, like the most prominent episode. Of and course. I was like, but, but what episode is that? Because I don't know what that is. I kept, I don't know how I kept doing that. It's because all of those. I was like, there's not an episode of that name. <laughs> Where I was Googling the Lost Jedi arc thinking it was like a well-known thing. <laughs> <laughs> and nothing was coming up, and I was like, "How? Where did he get this from?" <laughs> I'll update the episode. Because he was like, title. "Everyone knows, like that's what it's called." And I was like, "No, I did. I did not say that. I, I said, like I said what I said was, I think like people probably refer to some of these as like the most pivotal episodes. Like you could refer uh, to it as like the blah blah well, my blah. My brain arc. just did gestated it like, as I'm. Referring- everyone knows it's called the Lost Jedi arc, and I was like. <laughs> Don't roll your eyes. I'm joking. I wasn't rolling my eyes. I wasn't. I was going to say, I was referring to this one as like the the victory and death arc. 
because I think that's the most important episode in kind sure. of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, or in the four episodes we're going to talk about. Anyway, I'll update. I'll update no, the old episode. Funny. I got. I always get confused because those episodes are named like the Jedi who knew too much yeah, and like all, yeah. Jedi noir and like some bullshit like me. that. I totally unbelieved it. I was <laughs> like, like, whatever. It's not what it is. And then you also have the added piece that like there's a book called Dooku uh, Jedi Lost, mm. which is what like for some reason that I've never read that book, but it's like embedded <laughs> in my brain. You just and think I just about reversed. It all day long. I just reversed it. So anyway, long story short, I am referring to this. See, the episodes we're going to talk about today is the victory and death arc. It's just because the final episode, most pivotal, is victory and death. You could also maybe call it like, I don't know. The end of season The seven. Phantom Apprentice arc, the finale, season, the Clone Wars finale arc, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but in season six, <laughs> there's another arc that I'm going to refer to as the consp- clone conspiracy arc. Or maybe it's just conspiracy. I don't remember. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the conspiracy the arc. One we ref- the one we listened to last episode. No, not that one. Oh, this is a different. This no. is season six. Sorry. Oh We're jumping into season six. What I what I wanted to get to. The I long- guess almost every other episode could be called the, the Jedi conspiracy because it's all it fucking is. Long preamble to get to this point. Yes. But. I'm going to go to get a beer. You keep talking. The- <laughs> I'm being serious. Go ahead. There is a, so the conspiracy arc, it's actually referred to in one of these episodes that we're going to talk about today. This is the episode where Clone Troop, Clone Trooper Tup, that's a hard one to say, Clone Trooper Tup is, succumbs to what they call a mysterious illness um, and kills a Jedi. Essentially, his inhibitorship kind of like activates early. And oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. And that's where we just like learn about more about like the cons- the conspiracy uh, the conspiracy chips. Jesus Christ, can't talk today. The inhibitor chips. And this is where Rex does the recording, which Ahsoka finds later. Yes, which we're going to talk about. So mm-hmm. that one's really imperative and, and important to the overall storyline, and and also like just a great episode. But um, so if you're like doing like a rewatch and you're just kind of like looking for great episodes, you know, mm-hmm. I think those are really worth your watch. Um, the other int- interesting story bits include an incredible arc with Yoda. Um, which is kind of the season six finale where Yoda kind of goes on this journey and it culminates in him seeing um, a force ghost of uh, Qui-Gon, which is really fascinating. Um, And I think that's a really great one too. But I also just wanted to call out this season. So season six doesn't feature Ahsoka. Like Ahsoka's not in it. And for some reason, when I watched, when we first watched season six, that never registered to me. Yeah. But like thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, that's really. Well, there fucking were only weird. twelve episodes, so yeah, or however many. So um, also, too, what's really fascinating about this is there's some other, and I, I be, I've been meaning to go and watch these. There's some other story. They're kind of like rough animated episodes that are like not full animation. They look like you know, <laughs> like really, when we watched X Men on the bus field trip that one time. Sure, not as probably worse than that. It's like I think they they're referred to as like. Um, story reels where they have like the the base animation and then you have like some of the voiceover those were released um on uh basically at a um uh star wars celebration and then on starwars.com in 2015 mm-hmm. as were some of these episodes were released kind of that way as well there was a bad batch episode there's like cool. and so that's the other really interesting thing oh is was that- one of the episodes the one where they had padme on the bad batch's ship 
What's with the nose art? Ah, that's our girl, the Naboo Senator. We check her out on the hollow scans. Yeah, she can negotiate with me anytime. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> um, let's get aboard. That is not staying there. Remember yes, she was posted yes, on the side yes. of the ship. Yep, that was the That's original. That's our girl. That's our girl. I think. <laughs> well, maybe that might have actually just been a deleted scene once they like redid the episode. I don't, I don't know, know it for was sure. So good. Um, <laughs> it's all really weird and complicated, uh, and I and probably botched a bunch of stuff because it is so weird and complicated. Um, but the 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 biggest thing that I just want to call out is we have like this massive time jump real time between season six and season seven mm -hmm. season seven premiered on Disney plus um, in February, February 21st of 2020. We just talked about it. It's in the 2020s. Mm -hmm. um, whereas like we're talking about like episodes in some of the first episodes in all of the f like first initial episodes of season seven were kind of part of this weird season six um like jumble where there were these story reels like originally and then they kind of like redid it them Wars and stuff. Jambalaya. It was a Clone Wars Jambalaya and um it the Ahsoka kind of arcs all have were like new fresh episodes in yeah. the 2020s. So I don't know like at what point they were like written and stuff like that. I'm sure there was a lot of this that was done way back um when season six was happening, but it's still just Again, not that interesting of stuff, but just something I wanted to call out because, like, I do think it it gives kind of weight to what the Clone Wars like is and what everybody and was. was waiting for too. And what are you imagine for? people waiting for like almost five years to we see were, this? And I just then, I like can't. that wasn't even us. But can I also share with you an epiphany I had while you were speaking that is totally related, but not truly related? <laughs> I know we're really sure. on a tangent. Qui Gon Jinn, Ghost Qui Gon Jinn, is like a shiny Pokemon. It's so hard to obtain. Like, he only comes up in certain very, like, specific circumstances. Like, like Ghost Obi is, like, n normal. And, like, Ghost Yoda's fine. Qui-Gon Ghost, Ghost Qui-Gon is, like, he's a shiny Pokemon. Like, because Yoda had to go on this whole thing to find him. And then Obi-Wan had to go on this whole thing to find him in Kenobi. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> stop <laughs> what i i don't is your mind blown is that is that just my mind something i don't have a reaction to that <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> i i love it i love it yeah he's a shiny he's a shiny force ghost <laughs> speaking of which i saw so i gotta say this when, when i was driving home there was a yellow bug and it was it had pikachu ears and it was a pokemon it was a pikachu vehicle Okay, oh yeah, the Pika, the Pika, the Pika bug. The Pika bug. Yeah, it's famous. Um, yeah, I. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> let's go. Let's jump into these episodes. Outer rim under siege. Separatist forces have launched a major offensive. Led by the evil droid General Grievous, Republic forces are pushed to the brink. In response to this overwhelming attack, the Jedi Council has dispatched its generals, sending them far from the core worlds to bolster the beleaguered clones. 
On the distant planet of Yobama, we find Commander Cody of the 212th in desperate need of reinforcements. First episode, as I said, this is Season 7, Episode 9, Old Friends Not Forgotten is the title of the episode. Uh, The official Disney, well, the official description, official Disney Plus description is The Siege of Mandalore Begins and Ahsoka Turns to Anakin and Obi-Wan for Help. Mm -hmm. Um, This one opens up on Cody and Obi-Wan under siege on the outer rim planet of Yerbana. And uh, Anakin kind of shows up in classic Anakin style, saves the day and with this really kind of fascinating diversion that he sets up. I kind of love it. Um, All the clones are hanging underneath a bridge. Actually, there's a very interesting connection between what Anakin does in this episode and what Ahsoka and Rex do in the final episode. Because Anakin walks forward, right? Um and we're going to just kind of like surrenders, sp- which is what Rex and Ahsoka do at the end of the sport. He fake surrenders so. and then is able to get the the droid, the tactical droid to kind of like give himself up. Um, and that's when he does that like long distance force pull and destroys mm-hmm. it. And meanwhile, R2 and like the 501st are like hanging out underneath of this bridge that they're all walking on. Yeah. Um, and like waiting. Oh, R2's underneath there too. Yeah, remember R2 like kind of like is like looking up and like he's oh, just like one yeah, more yeah, second yeah. guys yeah, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very cool. I love this moment. And this is like truly this part is like the whole opening for this is so dope to me because it truly feels like the opening of a movie. Like it mm-hmm. feels like it could really fit. It also it follows kind of I think the trajectory that George Lucas was looking to follow for the prequel trilogy where you you start like really really high yeah. and then you just slow like this dread kind of creeps in and it slowly mm-hmm. slowly slowly turns to shit and I think it <laughs> does it, it it really it does it really really fucking well mm-hmm. um and like the opening the very first couple scenes of this like the the battle with the droids it's so reminiscent of like early clone wars like they're fighting the droids like they're kicking ass they're taking names um and it's just a lot of fun mm-hmm. um and i just love it i think that 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 was like my f- initial reaction when i was like yeah. this was when i was first thinking about it. i was like it was this should have been a movie it was quippy like the same like quippy dialogue between like anakin and obi don't see me walk to where's captain rex we already finished our battle so we decided to come help you with yours you're overdoing it again master i mean no disrespect if you want, I can hide here with you and we can let the people in the city suffer longer. Now, Anakin, you know I... We can do things my way and help them now. All right. I know better than to try and stop you. What's your plan this time? Stay here. After they win their battle, they get this call. Uh, get, they get a call from Yularen who says someone named Fulcrum needs to speak to them. So this is where it's really important to remember that Rebels has already happened at this point so fulcrum was kind of invented as a uh, a crux like in the rebel show and they think fulcrum is likely uh saw Gerrera, and he and they're questioning whether or not like what's happening on onderon is like worse than they had thought um it's a prolific pseudonym for a uh info informant for the rebels right yes um and there's a couple people who in rebels become Fulcrum, mm-hmm. uh, but the main person, like the person who, b- the driving force behind it is Ahsoka, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Obi Wan, Anakin, kind of go in. They take this call from from Fulcrum, who turns out to be Ahsoka. Um, 
And uh, basically, Ahsoka and Bo-Katan want to capture Maul and liberate Mandalore. At this point, Mandalore is under the control of Prime Minister Almec, who Maul propped up after he killed Duchess Satine. And Maul, through his Mandalorian super commando arm of the Shadow Collective, which of course is the collective of crime syndicates and Mandalorian fighters headed by Maul. It's all, it all makes sense, right? Like, the Pikes are part of that. The Pikes are part of... There's a number of crime syndicates there's that are part of There's a few other ones. Even Jabba. I just even remember Jabba. specifically seeing the Pikes Jabba's, in the hologram that, that Maul, when he's talking to them, to flee and hide. Yes. And, and Ahsoka, of course, the, in the previous episodes, was actually with the Martez sisters. Mm-hmm. They get captured by the Pikes, and that's where she gets some of this yeah. intel. Dude, Maul is so smart and... Just fucking crazy combat. Maul is, so when you have... He's the best villain. You have law, the lawful, lawful uh, good, that he's is... He's like chaotic neutral. The Jedi, he's probably chaotic evil. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I would call him true chaotic. I um, think chaotic neutral might be Yoda. <laughs> maybe. When he's old. But yeah, <laughs> When he's so really old. He's more of like the chaotic neutral arm of the yeah. Sith. Um Anyway, a lot of background details, but all you really need to know is that Maul has basically, Maul and these, like, his super commandos have basically, and, and Almec, who he's propped up, have control of Mandalore, and they want to they liberate Mandalore. <laughs> I just, I do love that, like, Star Wars is just so weird and dense sometimes, but I do, I just generally love it. Um, anyway, there's some discourse with the team. Obi-Wan is hesitant to give away any forces over to Bo-Katan. She actually jabs him with, um, I thought you cared for my sister, because Obi-Wan and Satine, of course, mm-hmm. had a thing, um, which we talked about, actually, in our And he Obi-Wan says he series. does, and then Anakin gives him a look, because he's like, bitch, I love Padme, what are you talking about? I've, like, I, there, was this, there was this look that he gave him, like, you had, you just admitted that you well, Obi-Wan says loved like, someone. Obi-Wan says, I did, which is why I can't like and allow I, my feelings to He says, to I did my... and I still do. Yeah. Which... There's, there's a beat there, though, that Anakin looks at him. And then he says, which is why I yeah. have to do blah, 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 Jedi yeah. fuck shit. Right. Whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Jedi fuck shit. Um, eventually, Obi-Wan agrees to split the 501st Legion between Anakin uh, and Rex. Promoting Rex to commander. Yep, because... temporary commander, which is really cool. Um, and we get some really great moments here. Um, Anakin and Ahsoka finally talk once again, and there's some like awkward kind of uh, tension between them. It's it's really palpable. And part of what I noticed in this latest rewatch it's is really that Palpatine. It's really Palpatine. Part of what I noticed on the latest rewatch uh, was that she was pretty open um, about why people like really distrust the Jedi now and her reservations about them. So that's it. You're going to abandon Bo-Katan and her people. Ahsoka, surely you understand. This is a pivotal moment in the Clone Wars. The heart of the Republic is under attack. I understand that, as usual, you're playing politics. This is why the people have lost faith in the Jedi. I had too, until I was reminded of what the Order means to people who truly need us. Right now, people on Coruscant need us. No, the Chancellor needs you. That's not fair. I'm not trying to be. But of course, Anakin is still part of that order, but we know he shares some of those same feelings. So I think that's that's what leads to some of the kind of awkwardness and ultimately like, you know, I just think it's a point, great detail. He's like in depth being trained by Darth Sidious. He's being trained by Darth Sidious. Like but his also, turn is right around the corner. He doesn't know he's being trained by Darth Sidious. No. But he is like, you know, 
he's very much like, I don't know, he, he still believes in the Jedi, I think, but he also has his reservations about them. He tells her, like, I know why you did it. Yeah. And then later on, he says, you know what? This is why Ahsoka had to follow the, the path that she did. because, And he starts to explain that to Obi-Wan, right? He's like, oh, I get it now. Like, he's constantly trying to find a reason for everything. He's like, oh, this is the justification. Ahsoka had to leave so that she could figure out the information about Maul so that she could assist us now. Yes, exactly. Um, We also see that Rex has a number of the clone troopers who are going to be serving under Ahsoka paint their helmets with her markings, which is just like, it's beautiful. So beautiful. It's tragic. A little crude. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Rex says. It's a little crude. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, it's a little crude. Yeah, of course. Um, I did want to note that Rex has one too, but he doesn't wear it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Which like, you know, whatever. Like, nah. You do you, bud. Um, I like the one with the lacking. It probably it. makes sense because he needs to like stand out as commander, but whatever. I mean, he does already. He has that cool pauldron thing. Yeah, yeah. And his M&M uh, hair. Yep. Um, the last detail that's pretty interesting here is that Anakin gives Ahsoka her lightsabers back and... He says that he's improved them because he's turned them blue, which is the color of his lightsaber. Such a little douchebag. Um, I'm presuming that's why he did it, but again, we don't funny. have like the uh, we don't have the hierarchical meaning or some symbology behind Jedi lightsaber colors as we did before, because in previous Star Wars canon, green would have been a Jedi Master's lightsaber, which would have been weird for Ahsoka to have had originally. And then have been given a blue lightsaber, which isn't a Padawan lightsaber. It's just, you know. Yeah, Jedi Knight. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, anyway, they head to Mandalore and we get just a dope action sequence that, like, I think really kind of mirrors some of the last bits in the final episode as well. There's a lot of this mirroring, I think, that happens between the first episode and the last episode. Um, Rex kind of jumps. Rex is, like, getting everybody to jump off of the gunship. Um, he says, I didn't bring an extra jetpack. And Ahsoka does the whole, I don't need one. And I'll race you down. And they're really, like, playful with each other, yeah. like, in, in this moment. And also, like, that adds to, like, the tragic building of, like, what's going to happen. And, again, yep. just talking about that, like, that high, right? Like, that really, really high high that I think... Thinking back to the story structure, again, not to, like, criticize George Lucas, or, or and this isn't really a shot at him, but, like, this is, I think, the story structure George Lucas but, wanted. But it can be. That's fine. That's what my whole story No, but I'm Wars saying it's, it's not. Like, it's not it's not a shot at that. It's, like, this is what I think he was going mm-hmm. for, right? Capturing the essence of, like, understanding how important these relationships are and being invested in them, It's right? the perfect way to show, like, the audience knows what's coming. Yep. It's... It's the perfect way to show, and we knew that in the Revenge of the Sith too. We all knew that Anakin but that's what became I'm Vader. Yeah, everybody knows in the prequels mm-hmm. what is going to happen with with Anakin. I just don't think it's executed quite as well as like mm-hmm. this four episode arc. No, no. truly is. Um, anyway, they're very playful with each other. Um, there's a lot of fighting and tactical shit that ensues when they first arrive to Mandalore. I'm not going to like go beat by beat on it. Um, but essentially Trooper Vaughn informs Ahsoka that they found something, um, in the Undercity and Ahsoka heads to meet him. Uh, Rex goes to help Ursa Wren at the docks and Bo-Katan ends up besting Almec and presses him for answers about Maul's location. Uh, turns out, of course, Ahsoka and the troopers, uh, she's like running with, run into a trap and pretty much all are taken out, leaving Ahsoka kind of in this sewer 
you know, with like all of these pipes leading in, surrounded by Maul's troopers and the Maul... most badass Mandalorian armor it's ever. Very cool. By the way, like yeah, we if I were gonna cosplay any type of Mandalorian armor, I would want the. I almost said Zabrak, but that's not their name anymore. Um, right? Zabraks are what Iridonians used to be called. There's like a, there, like I said, Iridonians are like a, I think they're closer to like the Night Sister kind of, because Maul was raised by Night Sisters. His mom Maul was, was Night- is an Iridonian. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is that I think Zabrak's a different regional, like they weren't part of that religious, sure. just like how. Um, oh, I see what you're getting at. Pedro Pascal's Mandalorians were a different sect. That's what I mean. Perfect. Um, I don't know why but I said they look perfect. badass. Perfect. You're perfect. You're perfect. This that's where the first episode closes, and again, we're I, I'm gonna do like the kind of in between episodes, but it all really flows, right? So basically, the the first episode ends, Ahsoka's captured, and then that's where we kind of jump to the next episode, which is episode ten, The Phantom Apprentice. The episode description for this one is the battle for Mandalore continues, and Ahsoka finds herself face to face with Maul. Just so you know, Zabrak is the species. Iridonians are Zabraks from Iridonia. Oh, okay. And Never mind. Dathomirians are Zabraks that are from Dathomir. Okay, I was completely so wrong. This, I didn't know. I was just looking it up because I truly is that didn't like know. the the canon thing now? I don't know. That, I just googled whatever. something. Who cares? That's cool. <laughs> I just googled it. So after Maul appears, um, he does his normal villain spiel, wondering why Anakin and Obi-Wan didn't come. He also questions if, quote, the moment is upon them. I was certain that Kenobi would have come himself, perhaps bring his loyal foe Skywalker, is it? Master Kenobi had a more important engagement. Indeed. I... Wonder the moment may be upon us. Why you? Why did Kenobi send you? Why don't you surrender? And then we can both go and ask him. <laughs> My surrendering? Well, that would be pointless, for if I am correct, soon the Jedi and Republic will no longer be the controlling interest in the galaxy. And who will be? You? No. Darth Sidious. We know that he's an inclining, inkling, inclining? inkling about what's to come, the great Jedi purge, mm. but he also doesn't know what exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Ahsoka is able to get Rex's attention using her wrist locator um, and Rex tracks her down and Ahsoka and they, Rex tracks Ahsoka down. Maul is able to escape. There's a lot of like chasing sequence, not really a complaint, but like if there was one thing I could point out about this, these episodes that I not even didn't like, but like just the one weird thing that sticks out to me is like just the amount of like, we're tracking Maul. We found him. He got away. We're tracking Maul. Yeah. We found him. Like, it feels like it happens a bunch. Maul's just, like, always in the sewer, too. He's just slippery. Um, slippery little bicep. But it's not really It's not really a complaint. It's just, you know, it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, he got away. Because then they end up, like, encountering... He ends up in the sewers again. And it's just like, why didn't y'all just stay down there and find him again? <laughs> All the crazy little, little spider monsters are in the sewers. Um, anyway, we really start to get like the firm alignment on timeline in 
like between episode three, the film, and this episode, mm-hmm. kind of in this moment, mm-hmm. um, they. We start to hear, like, the reports of what's happening. Yes, yeah. So, But it's, like, actual reports of what's happening in the movie. So, Bo-Katan and Ahsoka go, and they they talk to Obi-Wan, and he tells them that he's, like, en route to Utapau um, to capture Grievous or to en- engage with Grievous. Um, and he also talks about that da- uh, Count Dooku has been killed. Um, of course, these are, like, two very pivotal moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that he says, though, he's like... Well, we can't ask Dooku what happened because he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. And I do want to just call out, too. Why can't we ask Dooku? <laughs> he's like, he's dead. I do want to call out, too. Like, this is where, as well, like, the 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 tense, the tension really starts to, like, amp up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where I just think they just do such a phenomenal job of, like, the pacing in these episodes, the score, like... It doesn't, like, take this, like, quick turn. No. But it's just, like, you know it's happening. It's this building to this, like, downward fall, like, this tragic moment. And you know it's coming, and you can feel every time they give you that little breadcrumb of what's about to come. It doesn't feel forced. Like, no. them talking about Utapau and, and like... it's not oh, hitting you over the head with, like, what is happening in Revenge of the Sith. But it's like, oh, shit, I know what they're talking about. It- oh, shit. Oh shit! It's like you're you're seeing it get to that point where it got in the movie. I, I'll actually I disagree. I they I do think they are hitting. It does feel like they're hitting you over the head, but it works. Like it it's intentional and it's done in such a way that like it fits in mm-hmm. with the episode. And and I think in that essence, you're right. Like it doesn't feel like you're getting hit over the head, but like you absolutely they absolutely you are. know you're right. We literally they're, do know what they're talking about. It's so ob- like it's so obvious, mm-hmm. but it's done in such a way that like because it's uh, it's so obvious it works like yeah. it just they do a really good job mm-hmm. about that but but you're right it doesn't it doesn't detract from the moments that are happening or anything else like that because the other thing that i think because it makes sense for generals to be discussing what's happening on yeah. the battlefields outside of where they are and so when they say words like utapau or they say words like uh oh shakti is with the emperor we're like oh shit we know exactly we know where they're getting to, right? Yeah. That's what I meant by, like, seeing parts of the movie. Like, it would be really cool to just see those, like, see those clips. For sure. In between. I don't know. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, I think that would be such a cool... I'm sure someone's done it, like I said. But, yeah. Um, no, I just think, again, I can't praise, like, these episodes enough. I actually want to call out, I think, I think it was The Phantom Apprentice. It might... Yeah, I think it's The Phantom Apprentice um, that is on imdb like the highest rated episode of the entire show um which is fascinating um so like this episode that we're talking about is like the highest rated episode and i don't know if they're talking about like i guess they're talking about viewer ratings which like you can take with a grain of salt but like i do think that that's pretty someone's rewatching it and recording it to phantom uh to revenge of the sith that's what that's maybe no i mean rated like people like giving it like a 10 star whatever imdb does Mm -hmm. um but i i think that that's i think that because we also get more of like these like little breadcrumb moments in this episode than in other ones. So I think it just, again, speaks to just how well they crafted this episode. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's some really interesting conversations here between Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. What about Anakin? Maybe he can reinforce us. May I speak to Ahsoka alone for a moment? Anakin is on a special assignment by order of the Jedi Council. 
What kind of assignment? He's been instructed to observe the Chancellor and report his findings. Observe? You mean spy? They told him to spy on the Supreme Chancellor? Why? The Senate has allowed the Supreme Chancellor to remain in office long after his term has expired. The Council wants to know what his true intentions are. The Chancellor has been a great friend and mentor to Anakin. I can't imagine he is happy about this. No, he is not. So perhaps it's best that you do speak with him. And what? Defend the Council's actions? I hardly think I'm the best person for that. Ahsoka, the Council isn't always right. That's why I'm asking for your help. Sorry to interrupt, but there's been an attack. You had best go. Tell Anakin. I will. Ahsoka, like, defends the Chancellor. She's like, Chancellor's been, like, a mentor to There's him. There's so like, much irony in this moment yeah. because Ahsoka has been so against the Jedi and, and what they're doing, and she's on the wrong side at this point. Yeah. The Jedi are actually right to spy on Palpatine for once, yep. finally, but she's just so adamant in in following her master or or being you know trusting her friend that she's been away long enough to i think be disconnected from the fact that she probably had some suspicions about palpatine back then too but it's been a long time um and so i i just think there's a lot of irony in the fact that she's willing to accept that palpatine might be right in this it's in this weird moment yeah what i also think she's because th this whole time we've been disagreeing with the jedi and what they've been doing but then it's like Wow, yeah, you guys might actually need to do this. But it's also, I <laughs> Not think... Not that it's helping. I also think it more points to, like, her relationship with Anakin and how Sidious is, like, good at shielding, like, what he's doing mm -hmm. from, like, the people that it's are most important to what he's doing. Yeah. Anyway, the other, like, point that I wanted to really talk about is that there's this moment, and this happens a couple of times throughout the mission, um, or th throughout the mission, throughout the series, th mm -hmm. these, like, last four episodes where Ahsoka's, like, someone's like, do you want to tell Anakin something? Do you want to talk to Anakin? Is there something you want to tell him? And, you know, as she's, basically, as she's leaving in a rush, um, Ahsoka turns around and she says, tell Anakin, and Obi-Wan just kind of cuts her off and he says, I will. Don't know what she's going to say in that moment. Um, I think my supposition, my guess is that she was going to tell him, like, I want to like come back and train under you. I don't agree with that. What do you think she was? Gonna I say? don't think she was going to rejoin the council in any way. I think she could train under Anakin still, but I don't think she would do it as a Jedi. That's. But what do you think she wanted to tell Anakin, though? That she cared about him. I, I think it was as easy as that. Or tell Anakin that everything's going to be okay. The only or tell Anakin that. I, I just don't. I don't see her giving up the independence that she has gained. And the, and the strength in her own person that she's gained to come back to a group that never once asked about her. Never once tried to seek her out again. Well, like I just don't. I don't see that. It was her own volition that she came back. Um, and I think that the question, I think you're right. They, they, they are continuously, you know, I think what's happening is they're building up this 
tension where Ahsoka and Anakin are supposed to finally have this climactic moment where they like hug or rejoin and truly become brother and sister again, but they never do because the next time she sees him will be when he's Darth Vader. Yeah. And the last of these moments, which I know we're going to get to is when she finds out that Maul knows something more about her master than she does. Well, I, um, I, that's my opinion. No, I think that's fair. And I think the only reason I think that it might be her like looking to rejoin and join under Anakin is that there was a moment and I can't remember exactly when it was, but someone says like something like talks to her and says like as a Jedi and there's one moment that happens a couple of times, like talking to her like, oh, did you do this as a Jedi? And one of them, she says, not yet. Mm -hmm. So like, and it might have even been when she was talking to Anakin or one of them. I don't recall, but that's the only reason why I was like, maybe that's kind of in the back of her mind. Mm -hmm. But um we'll never know because she never gets to talk to anakin like you said yeah um anyway rex busts in in that moment and says um maul's captured a squadron um specifically a squadron led by jesse was um, an older clone mm-hmm, he's an older clone which is is important um and he's He's breaking into Jesse's mind. Like, it's really kind of dark and, like, weird. Yeah, Jesse's eyes go back. He does a Vulcan mind meld, essentially. Yeah, he, like, uses the force (laughs) to, like, try and read his mind, Mm -hmm. which is a thing you can do, I guess. Um, Meanwhile, Bo-Katan, Rex, and Ahsoka go to question Almec. um, And he's been, like, captured and held in the cell. Almec lets them know that uh, Maul had a vision that... Um, something was coming and Anakin was kind of like the crux of it. Um, and, and then actually he doesn't even say, I, I, he says Skywalker after he shot. It's this trope in movies where like, and in TV shows where it's like, you got to kill this person who's on our side, who has this, this information before the other side is able to interrogate it out of them. That's like exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. Gar Saxon ends up like coming and killing uh, Almec. Yep. And before he dies, he says like the name Skywalker is like, the, mm-hmm. the beginning of the end kind of mm-hmm. thing um and that's when ahsoka learns right like that's when ahsoka learns something weird is going on mm-hmm. um and this also leads to kind of the the climactic battle between ahsoka and maul that's the other great moment that we get in this episode oh yeah and maul's bisexual <laughs> sitting on the, throne. on the throne god he's so good he he's very great i love when evil people are just like casually like you can leave us you can leave us, Bo-Katan. We'll, we'll, we'll be able to take care of ourselves. Like, he's just having this whole, like, very nonchalant conversation while a fucking war is going on outside. Like, Maul has this really interesting... Um, he's crazy. He has this really interesting <laughs> characterization, I'll call it, where he, like... So there's this... I don't know what the, the, t- the term for it is, but, like, there's this trope for, like, evil villains that are, like, very smart and, like, suave mm-hmm. and, like... Devonair, where they're villain. like, well, but he, here's what I'm saying. He's not, he's not fully that because he is like, he's got rotted ass teeth. He's he's <laughs> that, but he also is this like, just feral constant monster. feral ball of rage behind yeah, that. Yeah, and so there's these moments where he's doing these things where he's like. You know, normally, like, your villain would be kind of, like, doing those suave moments of, like, like, there's this, like, explosions. He's like Loki. There's, like, ex- yeah, it's like Loki. It's kind of, like, the a, a good look at, like, what what I mean by that. But yeah. he's not fully that, is yeah. what I'm saying. Because he has mm-hmm. that anger behind it. Yeah. Where, like, there's explosions and shit happening outside. And he's, like... My lady, is that 
any way to treat your rightful ruler. You can feel his anger, mm-hmm. which I think is just so great. And like, he's great. You know this about me, Cass, is that like, I don't usually like, I like villains tend to like, not be like my favorite characters, but like, sure. there's something about like Darth Maul that like, man, they just Ugh. fucking do him up like, in the Clone Wars. One thing that George Lucas got right in the, in the, in the trilogy. Except he didn't get it right. Like, well, Maul was good. What he should have had more of him, <laughs> which is why Dave Filoni was like, that bitch ain't dead. He's going to die like five times. We're yeah. going to keep bringing them back. And his body, like, he just necrotizes and then, like, comes back. And then just, like, he's got this crazy Darth Vader chest that, where he's been Honestly, sliced in half. Like, and he looks great, except for his scary-ass teeth. But, like, he's ripped and, like, chiseled and, like, he's the, oh, my God. He's one of the, we're going to get to this in the next episode, but, like, he's one of the best fighters. Like No, they, it's in this episode. They like, literally it's have to. Well, no, what I was going to say is they literally have to imprison him oh, in yeah. this weird cryogenic, like, force-blocking cube to stop this guy from... Yo, get me out of this whack-ass force crystal yeah, prison. Yeah, <laughs> like, force crystal prison, like, because he is so powerful. Yeah, I, so I just, I really love what they do with Maul in this series, and I really love the juxtaposition of Maul and Ahsoka, because I think it's really important, mm-hmm. and Maul pulls on that thread, right, yep. for us. Like, he talks mm-hmm. about how... Like, Ahsoka and Maul are the same, and, like, I do love how defiant Ahsoka is, where she's just kind of, like, she's, like, we're not this, she's, like, you were cast aside, Maul's, like, you were cast aside by your uh, mentor, too, or something like that, and Ahsoka's, like, dude, I left, like, (laughs) it's very funny, it has very much, like, that energy of just, like, no, I, she's very badass, I made the decision to leave, but then he's, like, but it's because of the hypocrisy of the Jedi that you decided to leave. And it's like, okay, but it's not the same thing. Yeah, bud. but I made the choice. You just got discarded. Sorry. Yeah, you got you discarded. Got sliced in half. It was, it was thrown very. Thrown down a sewer. Like... And then Sidious was just like, Sidious probably knows he's alive. Mm-hmm. I think we, I mean, they encounter Sidious each other in Clone Wars. Sidious does not care. He yeah, said, you failed like, me. It. He also, Maul even made the point, the fact that he could go around and be, and actually this is part of the, um, the rule of two, I believe. You can only have two. No, you can only have one. You can't have more than two. Or you can't have more than one, I think. But the rule of two is master and apprentice. Or master yes. and apprentice. That's the thing, So right? Sidious had two apprentices. Exactly. That's what Three I mean. Three apprentices at that moment, technically. technically. So, but actually, uh, what's his name? Who's, no, Sidious is master. Darth Plagueis? Plagueis allowed Sidious to have Maul because he was kind of like a little side thing 
where he was like, you can go out and be kind of disconnected from what's happening to us. And if you fail, it has no correlation to us. We'll just discard you, which is exactly what they did. And so Plagueis approved of Sidious having a secondary apprentice. Uh, Wikipedia, I read it. (laughs) And I just remembered that because I was just reading about Darth Maul the other day. Um, Anyway, to to kind of get back to it, the, the... this moment is really great. There's Maul has some great lines here. The one that we like both like cheered for was like when he's like, I am here to bring you to justice. Justice is merely the construct of the current power base, a base which, according to my calculations, is about to change. Fucking Fuck yeah. right, mm-hmm. my guy. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but- yeah. If. If if Darth Maul's chaotic evil, Ahsoka's chaotic good, sure. right? Like yeah. she is on that other side. Even though I would argue that if you're gonna have a parallel to her, it's gonna be Asajj. Truly, kinda. Um, I think Asajj is her own kind of thing, but she is. But if you're gonna connect a Padawan to like a Padawan, Darth Maul loves to like connect himself to other people. Well, yeah, because he knows yeah. that's how you get into people's heads, right? I mean, that's he's very good at that. Mm-hmm. I- inevitably, even though Ahsoka hates him. I mean, she let him go and let him murder a whole bunch of clones. So, anyway, they battle. Um, It's a great like sequence, but there's not much to to really talk about in the battle itself. Flies off, and eventually, uh, Ahsoka bests him and is able to capture him. He kind of turns feral in the moment where um, they're like wrapping him up. I give you one last chance. Join me or die. Never. Obi-Wan literally says, if you get him, don't kill him because he'll probably come back. Just yeah. capture him. That's true, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where this particular episode ends. One thing I do want to call out. Um, so I didn't call this out in the cast and crew, but something that's really cool that they did for the fight scene between Ahsoka and Maul was use motion capture. Mm. So Dave, and this is from Wikipedia, really wanted to give Maul a great final battle, unlike his final battle in Rebels. Mm-hmm. No, that's not a shot at that moment because it's a really great moment. You mean moment. Revenge of the Sith? No, in Rebels. Oh. He's not in Revenge of the Sith. You're talking about Phantom Menace? Yes. No, no, no. He wanted to give him a great final battle. In Rebels, he has a final battle, quote, but it's not like a great one. Oh, I think it's great. It's great in terms of like storytelling, but like as an action sequence, it's not great. That's why I thought you meant Phantom Menace, because I was like, oh, because he doesn't Um, win. But no, again, I'm not like, I'm not putting judgment on that. I think that that moment in Rebels is good as well. He does need a chance to like show actually how fucking capable he is against the Jedi. Exactly. And so we have this this great battle, but the reason so they bring in uh, motion capture and the motion capture is done. So Ahsoka is performed by uh, Lauren Mary Kim, who is actually done does. Uh, I believe she's um, Fenix stunt double in Mandalorian. Nice. Um, and also for Maul, it's Ray Park, who was originally Darth Maul. Nice. He does motion oh. capture for. So he's credited as being Maul. So good. Uh, which is really cool. I just thought that was really Maul cool. Maul has a very specific swagger. 
Like, he does. That was given by Ray Park. So I, I just love that so much. Yeah, I really I used like... to be terrified as, of Darth Maul as a child. Oh, he's, as a person, like a scary looking dude. But no, now he's hot. <laughs> he's really attractive. Even you are nodding your head. I mean, he's a yeah. bisexual icon, this man. I mean, he from, needs to brush his teeth, but from the one from the one moment of him sitting on the throne. No, he's always, <laughs> always been always been oh. always playing both sides. It's true. That is true. And with that, <laughs> we move on to episode 11 shattered. Uh, the official description for this one is Maul is captured and the siege of Mandalore is won, but evil lurks elsewhere and the galaxy will never be the same. Mm. So Maul is held in this terrifying force capsule and that the Mandalorians developed. I did want to call this out. So Wikipedia lists this as um, a Mandalorian vault or a Mandalorian sarcophagus. Oh, fuck? Uh, they were used prior to the Clone Wars to imprison Jedi. Satine, it's like an iron lung or something. Yeah. Like, and it's actually, I think, created in these episodes. Like, it's not like a thing that has history. There's like, um, if you look at it when they, um, when Ahsoka breaks him out of it, there's like these... Um, lines inside of it that have like red glowing energy and I feel like they must be like inhibiting his force powers or something like yeah I think it's that it's probably like ray shields and like just some interesting use yeah of them um, but they're really cool that's the only way they're able to, to hold him it's very like it reminds it's me like of Hannibal Lecter I was literally gonna say oh, that's okay, what I was yeah. like angling towards is like it reminds me of like Hannibal Lecter or like you know those murders where they like have to tie them up and shit yeah. And I think that was the intention, right? Like, I think that was probably, like, the, the what they were trying to draw from that, because, like, Maul is so dangerous. It's like, hey, Ahsoka. God. Fava beans. Uh, Ahsoka and team get on the ship, and then there's a, another hollow from the Jedi Council. She tells them that Maul is in custody and that she did her duty, quote, as a citizen, to mm. which Joda replies, not as a Jedi. And yeah, fuck you. I think that, like... Yoda says that less as a question and more as a statement because he knows. Um, but it also he has kind of like this longing kind of response to it. I felt that where he was just kind of like he knows he yep. knows she's not rejoining the order at any point soon. Like I think he knows that at this point because I think he also knows what's like about to happen. At least he has like in his like Yoda gut, <laughs> like he has this feeling. <laughs> um, I'm just kind of that's me reading into uh-huh. like everything no, that I, happens. I agree. Um, Mace Windu is kind of up to his usual bullshit. He knows dude, Mace Windu is the fucking villain in this whole arc. Like, no, he's not. Dude, he makes me so mad. He's instigating everything. He, he was is. instigating everything in the last arc that we that we were in. He is instigatory, and he still has it out for Ahsoka for some fucking Why? reason. I don't know, dude. It really makes me mad. But he notes that Anakin isn't there uh, because Ahsoka kind of asked to speak with him. Um. He, he basically says that he was sent to tell the Chancellor that mm-hmm. Grievous was located on Utapau, um, and we all kind of know what that means. Yeah. I should note that prior Clock to them is ticking. prior to them entering the room, they're talking about how like if the the Chancellor doesn't give up his power, like then the, they're going to have to step in and like blah de blah de blah like all the pol- political stuff. Then we get this moment where um, Mace Windu kind of is like it's kind of up to the chancellor to which Ahsoka kind of takes a little bit of umbrage with and is just kind of asking why. And that's when he says, that's like Jedi council business, not like for a citizen or something. And he says that like with such disdain and they all like hang up the fucking phone on her. It's yeah. like, Jesus Christ guys. Like, will you not learn? Like, will you not learn? What are y'all doing? Right. Nothing. Um, Getting your ass force choked by Palpatine. Exactly. Um, and so, the, I will note that Yoda kind of hangs on the line a little bit longer than everyone else. 
<laughs> what? I'm still here. Here am I. Uh, and he is like, he asks if Ahsoka wants to tell um, Anakin anything. Um, and she's like, I'll tell him myself, basically. Um, so, like, again, still kind of wondering, like, what's coming. But we know that we're never going to get resolution to it, unfortunately. Um, we, they kind of move forward and then they jump into hyperspace. And then this is where shit really starts to hit the fan. Commander X, the latest briefing has come in. Want to have a look? It might have an update on General Kenobi's efforts. You go. I'm sure it's more good news. We get cut-ins of Windu attempting to arrest the Chancellor, the Chancellor screaming unlimited power, Anakin arguing and Windu dying. Ahsoka, like, feels this. Like, she feels this in the Force happening. It, like, um, staggers her. It does, yeah. Um, it's very interesting. And it, like, it's because I think, like, the last, like, strand is severed, like, between her and Anakin in that moment. That is, like, the death of... That's, like, the death of... Anakin feels the death of Anakin. That's the death of Anakin and the birth of Darth Vader, right? Like in that moment. And so she feels him die. Like in that moment is my, what I would put forward. I think you're totally right. And I just got goosebumps from that. Cause I can see her in my mind's eye from that part of the episode, her like staggering and falling forward. It's, it's powerful. I mean, it's very powerful. And this is like, they use actual, like the voices from the movie. It's so poignant. Which is cool. I love hearing Hayden Christensen's voice. Yeah. Like it's just I don't know. It just I again brings so much more color and vibrancy to that part of the movie, I feel like. It really does. Um and Ahsoka heads to tell Rex, and like right before she gets to Rex, we see him take a hollow um with like there's new this orders. great moment where she he literally goes hey you want to go like i bet you it's more g- great news and yeah. she's like nah go ahead it's fine i'm just hanging out like and that's when you know he gets the order to execute order 66 and like no matter how like no matter how many times i watch like the these episodes like this hits me so hard every fucking time like it's so well done we know it's coming we know it's gonna happen and they just do such a good job with it um, and it's just a testament to just like, like how great this series is and like elevating this era of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rex's inhibitor chip activates, but he's like fighting back and you see his, him like straining. He's, 
He's like holding his guns. He pulls them on Ahsoka, and Ahsoka's like, Rex, what's going on? The other troopers kind of behind her. And this is like a really cool storytelling element that like is really undersold. You see the other troopers like get the order individually of it like getting passed mm-hmm. on and on behind her but like she's the focus rex is the focus and he's trying so hard to tell her what's happening and he's he does yelling like fives go go he gets a message yeah. across yeah he mentions fives God, he's so strong he he's... says like go find fives and he is like from that and Ahsoka's like like rex what's going on and like her guard is completely down and then that's when we get this amazing moment where like they all start firing on her like in this like command center room and it's Obviously, like, again, Dave, Dave Filoni and crew are masters at doing this, of, like, doing the call, the call back in mm-hmm. a, like, it's a call back, but it's, like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's inserted, like, in this story timeline prior to, like, something happening. This is referenced really well. We talked about Tales of the Jedi, and those are great Ahsoka episodes to watch, too. When Anakin trains Ahsoka to defend herself against the clones... And, like, it's, like, the mirror image of the way she fights back against the clones in this moment. And, like, again, that's, like, something that happens in the past timeline-wise, but it's something that was created in the future. Like, so, I don't know what to call it, but... We talk about how fan service... We, we talked about this a while back, but we talked about how people get frustrated about fan service, but Dave Filoni is the master at... <laughs> At servicing his fans <laughs> in a oh way, God. I don't mean to say <laughs> that sound weird, but like, and what I mean by that is like, he writes it like the most masterful fan fiction. And what I, and I mean that in the most loving way where I like, it's canon, but it feels like you can tell that he loves this story just as much as we do. Mm-hmm. And he wants to respect it and and highlight the parts that he loved the most and so the care at which he decides to choose very selective moments that not only he has written but like that he knows need to be shown and and shaded and colored in like he fills those in so perfectly Mm -hmm. and and this is what order 66 this is the devastating like climax of order 66 like like that part was still very poignant in the movie but it's just so much more here because we see a jedi that we've grown so close to who's been friends with the clones in the movie when we first watch it it's devastating but we don't know the clones as people we just see them as clones in the movies and so the show enables us to see their their freedom completely be sucked away from them, and, and to see this relationship specifically of Rex and Ahsoka, well, like that we don't have that dynamic in the movies, right? I also think that, like, I agree with all of that. I also think that the thing I would add is like Ahsoka is at times like. I, I don't know the actual term, but there's a storytelling term of like when you're there's a character who's kind of a proxy for the viewer. Ahsoka is that a lot of the times where like mm-hmm. the viewers connect through Ahsoka mm-hmm. and it's the it's the epitome of dramatic irony. It's well, what I was going to say is that like Ahsoka more than anyone else has like this relationship with the clones because the viewers have this relationship with the clones. And yes. that's what makes it so poignant. You like get the friendship between Rex and Ahsoka so well 
you also have like rebels which have had occurred previously right like so we know kind of like their relationship at that point in time as well um but it, it just i think because we she is that proxy for the viewer sometimes like and we're seeing things through her eyes and through her lens and her kind of opinions i think it really like it puts it on like such another level that the, the movies could never do because you just don't get as much time with the clones. Um, and so I don't know. I just thought that, I just think that that's like, it's obviously like everyone like would say like, these are like such poignant moments. Um, but it's, specifically poignant because like you said, we see it through the lens of Ahsoka. Yeah. And we feel as betrayed as she does, like, but also scared. And and again, like no one is, as, none of the Jedi, are, I, I would argue are as close to the clones as she is. No. Like the only one who maybe is, is Anakin. Anakin. Mm-hmm. And like outside of that, like, you know, I would say Obi-Wan is it's pretty like close third. to them. But like. I don't know that like anybody else really is. No. And she takes it a point to like, like be like Rex is like her best friend. And she the whole says world. that she like, says that she says, she repeats that multiple times throughout these episodes. She says like, you're my friend. Yeah. I'm here because you're my friend. Not that you're my ally or you're like my, you know, commander. You're my friend. Right. Well, and anyway, a ton of shit really happens kind of towards the end of this episode. Uh, I'm not going to like go scene by scene, but essentially Ahsoka lets Maul loose. We talked about that. But can I say he fucking kills a whole bunch of people and it's brutal and awful. He severs people's heads. I was going to talk about that. Like he, there are some moments like, so, so Ahsoka lets Maul loose. She's basically like, I'm not rooting for you. So I'm not giving you a weapon. He's like, fine fuck it i'll make my own weapon and the one thing i would do want to know is like there's multiple points where he just pick up a blaster <laughs> like, yeah. but he does but he takes the fucking door and instead he takes like, head off he takes pieces of metal like he decapitates a clone he crushes a clone he has he this decapitates moment two clones he has this moment where he is like ho- force holding a clone as a door is closing on his arm like yep. it is fucking brutal yeah. like maul is a just bad dude. Yeah, he is. <laughs> like, in all senses of the word. Um, But Ahsoka essentially gets, obviously, uh, we, we talked about how Rex mentions fives. That's back in that arc that I talked about with the clone conspiracy. Um, And she befriends uh, a bunch of droids. So she befriends R7, R7, A7, RG, G1, and CH33P, or Cheap. I did want to call out R7 is is in a ton of episodes, including uh, the Jedi who knew too much, um, which I think that's the last episode we see Ahsoka in in season or not the last episode. um, One of the like in that that final series of episodes, ones we just covered. We also see him in Clone Cadets, uh, which is one of the first episodes and also a very poignant one um, because that has like uh, fives, Jesse, Rex, like it's like that crew like their first kind of like moments on screen um so i just think that that's pretty cool um and i already mentioned about dave filoni voicing uh cheap cheap and i keep calling him cheap cheap it's not cheap cheap but cheap but he goes cheap 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 anyway ahsoka manages to capture rex after seeing data on tup fives and a recording of rex where rex himself explains that he thinks uh the chips are kind of the cause for this mm-hmm. um and she's able to operate on him um mm-hmm. she uses the force there's this beautiful moment where she's like she puts her hands up to his head and she's chanting like i'm one I with the force, force and the force is with, with me. me and 
he chants it as well, like mm-hmm. after a while, and she's able to locate. They have trouble like locating that inhibitor chip because it's so well hidden, and she's able to find it. Um, and a lot of people will probably complain about shit like that, but I won't because I think it's awesome. That's great. A lot of people love to be like, you just can't use the force to do anything, but you know what? Yes, you fucking can. Yeah, it's all made can. up, and it's really fucking cool. <laughs> and I think. It's not even just like the it's the fact that like she has it's such pretty a pretty fucking beautiful. She has such connection with him that she will use the force in the way in which to help him and she does. She saves him. Um and that's like literally where that episode ends. Yeah. And then the final episode, Victory and Death picks up with them in that medical bay. And she, like a lot so- of bad batch vibes. A little bit, yeah. Um the official description for this one is in the wake of Order 66, Ahsoka and Rex must work together to survive. Like I said, this one just kind of picks right up where the other one left off, as most of these uh, do. Um, and there's not a ton. Like, I'm going to highlight a lot of the main story beats, but we're just going to probably talk about our feelings and like what happens in these. Because it's just a lot of like they're trying to escape. A lot of stuff is going on. But Ahsoka essentially blasts open that medical bay door. Meanwhile, Maul is just still on his kind of murderous clones bit. I did want to call out he does make his way to the He's making his hyper- way downtown. He makes his way to the hyperspace drive. Mm-hmm. And the hyperspace drive is massive, right? Like it's these like pillars of like electricity and shit. He goes in there and just like literally starts using the force to fucking pull it apart. Yeah. While they're traveling through hyperspace. Like He's a madman. It's he's a he's a he is literally like Moriarty. He's like a Moriarty Loki hybrid. He's like a Moriarty Loki hybrid. If behind that In was the Hulk. just yeah, I was gonna say it's just like the the rage of like the fucking Hulk. Yeah, like, it's, it's beautiful. It's yeah, it's scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I it, mean, he he really is. Um... What's his name? Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well that's going to sound on mic, but we'll I'm see. Sorry, you were just talking about how I should make mouth sounds and how many mouth sounds you edit out of mine, but you can't edit those ones out because I'm sense. editing this whole part out. No. So he does his 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 kind of destruction on the hyperdrive, and he also has like some really cool moments too. I'll, I'll mention where he like he like catches a trooper's helmet and uses that to deflect like blaster bolts, and then uses it to like as a weapon to like yes. knock a clone to so his death. So casually too, like he looks pissed, but he's also just like from this whole time he's like not saying anything. He's back no. to just like because like in the in the fir- in episode one he doesn't have a lot of lines, but like he just is it back at that moment where he's just like walking around skulking, <laughs> like not saying shit and just yeah. being a badass. Like yeah. it's very cool, it's very great. mall. I'm glad. Um, very. He's very mall. He's giving mall. He's giving mall. Um, he also has this radio that he took from the severed hand um, from earlier. And that's where he's kind of like listening in to like what's happening. And he hears about like they're heading to. I just imagine him with a boom box like walking around like. I know that, but I'm just thinking in my head. But he's kind of like listening in on like some of the commands and stuff. And he learns that about the hangar like bay and like that Mm -hmm. location. And so Mm -hmm. he starts making his way there at the same time that Ahsoka and Rex make their way there as well. That's when he starts tearing the warp drive apart. Um, yeah, and so uh, the the ship kind of comes crashing out of hyperspace, and like it just isn't like inoperable. Like mm-hmm. literally, the the bridge like blows up. Yeah. when they come out, and so many parts of the ship are destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, again, Rex and Ahsoka have are making their way to the hangar bay. That's kind of like their way out, mm-hmm. and we get this like really a couple really beautiful moments here. 
Rex is kind of like, he's in this, like, he's very flustered, right? Like, flustered isn't the right word. He's very, like, frustrated. He's, like, growing, you know, kind of not angry, but just, like, the situation is just chaotic. He doesn't. Well, he just came out of being, like, came out of an order telling him to kill his, one of his closest friends, and yet all of his brothers are still, like. Under the spell. Yeah. What is he supposed to do? Well, he, he like, um, I think this moment is really impactful. They're kind of on the bridge over the hangar, and he's like, So what do we do? Find our way to the shuttle? There are too many. Besides, I don't want to hurt them. I hate to tell you this, but they don't care. This ship is going down, and those soldiers, my brothers, are willing to die and take you and me along with them. You're a good soldier, Rex. So is every one of those men down there. They may be willing to die, but I am not the one who is going to kill them. Ahsoka pulls his helmet off and we see he's like crying, um, which is like really, it's so... Rexy daddy. It's it's so good. Um, and Ahsoka says like, they may be willing to die, but I'm not willing to kill them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, again, just beautiful, just beautiful dialogue. Um, they kind of after that moment are like, so what do we do? Do we just surrender? And that's where we get that moment that I was talking about, the callback from the first episode to this Mm -hmm. one, where they do, they kind of fake a surrender to buy a little bit of time. And that's like, there's some like multiple, just random shit that happens. Like the droids, like set up this moment where like they drop a bunch of the troopers down below. Um, And there's moments where the Rex and Ahsoka are like fighting up above and then they're fighting down below. I think the really kind of important thing is like, Rex and Ahsoka are fighting so well in tandem and they're doing such a good job of like not harming the clones. That's the big thing, right? Of like, that's the thing that kind of sets Rex off. I think in that one moment where, you know, she's like, he's like, well, we just have to like storm to the, to the ship. Right. And Ahsoka's like, there's too many of them and I don't want to hurt any of them. Mm -hmm. And that's when that, that's when Rex has his line falling at the same time. Oh yeah. They're crashing into the planet at this point. Like there's no, like they have to get out of there. Can I also note that the most devastating part of this is the clones fucking just like firing line, shooting off the droids that are just like holding their hands up to surrender. Like Mm -hmm. it's so sad. The droids literally hold their little hands up and are like, wow! And they, and they shoot them. Um, Maul, like kind of at the same time. So again, there's, there's this piece where, you know, they're kind of all heading to the same ship. Maul makes his way to the, to, for some reason, there's only one ship in the hangar bay. I think we talked about this, but like, I still don't understand why that is. Um, I think it's because some of the other ones just like fell out when he blew blew the warp drive up. I don't know. They might have talked about it, and I Not just completely core, forgot. That's Star but, Trek. <laughs> um, but uh, Maul ends up getting into the ship uh, while they're kind of holding off the rest of the clones. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ahsoka has this moment where she has to. She uses the force to kind of slow the ship down. She has this moment where she has to choose between protecting Rex or taking like 
getting the ship so that they can escape because Rex is like taking fire mm-hmm. and she chooses to let the ship go um, and she goes back to Rex and I did just want to call out too I, I started talking about this a little bit ago their fighting style like together is so interesting because one Ahsoka doesn't want to hurt any of the other clones so she's not deflecting blaster bolts back at them because they're using live rounds, rounds. Mm-hmm. Rex is using the stun mode mm-hmm. of uh quintessential bad batch move right there yeah he's stunning all the other troopers and she's deflecting she's basically the shield she never like cuts through a clone with her lightsabers mm-hmm. um she's gotten shot multiple times and she gets shot a ton mm-hmm. um but she still manages to just like deflect bolts she the, the only other thing she does is like use the force to like move them and, and yeah. like, knock them out and shit but um she does a very good job of not killing them even though we at the end of this episode, I'm, I would venture to guess all of them die, <laughs> I think is kind of the... Well, she makes graves for all of them. Yeah. So, so at the basically what ends up happening is they, they're able to find another ship. They, there's a great moment of like a... Again, this is another one of those parallels of like the first episode where Ahsoka like is, does not have a jetpack and does not have a ship and is like falling through the air. Trying falling to, with style. Yeah. Trying to get to the ship that uh, Rex is piloting as the Star Destroyer is just crashing into this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're able to escape. And we have this kind of like moment where ship crashes and there's a beat. And then we see just like the wreckage. And this is like the, the final closing moment where like you were talking about Ahsoka and Rex have like put all the clones helmets on like spikes essentially mm-hmm. and made this like memorial to them um very eerie it's all very quiet there's like no dialogue in this part um and then ahsoka gives up her lightsabers mm-hmm. and i think that's like a really really important piece too because like we we're talking about like is she gonna go back is she thinking about going back to the jedi order is she thinking about like returning anakin anakin gave her her lightsabers back like these are lightsabers that anakin took care of and he just turned into this monster. And then we have this flash forward. I believe, according to Wikipedia, I don't know if it tells us. Actually, I know it doesn't tell us. But it's like maybe two years or a year in the future. And mm-hmm. there's like snow covering the same spot. Um, and we see like troopers kind of like walking around, stormtroopers. And we see um, a ship arrive. And it's it's Darth Vader. And he, of course, finds Ahsoka's lightsabers. And we have that. I forget what the name of the bird is, but that bird that kind of like flies above. I think it's the same bird in Crosshair. Bad Batch. Yeah, in, in uh, Bad Batch Season 2. The snowbird. The snowbird that's like signifies death uh, kind of flies up above overhead. And that is the finale of Clone Wars. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, I mean. Yeah, it's like. Every time we watch it, we just kind of stop in silence and look at each other because it has told the story that we wanted to be told. Yeah. That's... And it's not, again, it's not a shot against the prequels. It's just what we had in our heart. And like you said, I think you said it best, that Ahsoka is us. Ahsoka is... The majority of us would probably feel the same way if we were in her shoes. She's such a relatable character. And when you have someone that's so relatable endure such strife in such a short amount of time, it's very devastating. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen her entire, we've seen her grow up from being like a little kid to basically an adult and see most of the relationships that she has founded her 
identity on be ripped away from her within four episodes. Yeah. We did. So I mentioned this earlier, but we did cover the, um, tales of the Jedi. Um, so obviously we're not going to like talk about that as we're doing our lead up to Ahsoka, but definitely go back and listen to those, um, and watch those episodes if you haven't, because I think they're very important. There's some moments that I have like some disagreements with because it changes some of the book stuff, but, um, it's whatever. Mm -hmm. The my biggest kind of I think takeaway is that like one of the things I think a lot of people don't like there's something that I think I I wish we had done, which was like look at some of the early Ahsoka episodes, even the movie. We just didn't have enough time to do that Mm -hmm. as we're kind of like planning out our podcast schedule. But you're right. There is this like monumental growth with the character of Ahsoka and like to get where she starts as this like peppy character that like frankly like a lot of people and a lot of this is wrapped up in misogyny um actually i shouldn't even say wrapped up in like it's just a lot of it is just misogyny um, of people like disliking ahsoka Mm -hmm. she grows into this like beloved character Mm -hmm. and part of that like you said it's that strife that she endures and like this is that that ultimate like moment for Mm -hmm. her like this is that ultimate moment of just like everything and i mean this is that ultimate moment for everyone in the galaxy, right? At this point in time. But, like, it's especially, especially poignant for Ahsoka because it's, like, she has nothing. She has, like, lost everything. Mm-hmm. She's lost all the clone troopers, um, with the exception of Rex, of course. Um, and she has to Rex give up herself. So good. She has to give up herself. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, she... A huge I, part of her identity. I mean, again... Giving up the Jedi count, giving up being a Jedi for her is a huge part of her identity because she wasn't, she was given up to the so, Jedi when she was like 13 years old. This is okay. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put this forward. This is my, my thought. And I know you probably don't fully agree with it. This is when I think she officially stops being a Jedi. No, not no, when no, she, no, I agree with not that. Not when she leaves the Jedi Order. I think Not there was, that I don't think she was going to return, but I think you're right. I think that she, I think that in her mind, she was thinking like, I do think that she might have been thinking about returning throughout this whole piece. But like the, the way she like goes to like drop her lightsaber, she has this moment where she like hesitates and like kind of Mm -hmm. falters in her hand for a second and then she drops it i think that's her giving that's not even just her like giving up her identity it's also her saying like i'm not a jedi anymore Mm -hmm. jedi order is gone Mm -hmm. i can't go back to it you know like i'm not i can't return to this yeah i think this is when she stops being a jedi like quote Mm -hmm. um and so i that's just something that just kind of hit me in the moment like right now but i don't know i think i think again like these episodes are just like even if you don't I, I tell people this all the time. Even if you haven't watched, and if you haven't watched like uh, all of Clone Wars and haven't watched these episodes, you're definitely not at this point in the podcast. <laughs> but <laughs> not, if, that'd be weird. If somehow you are and you still haven't watched these episodes, like if if you've watched only like a couple seasons of Clone Wars but you've seen the prequels, like just watch these. Like mm-hmm. just watch these episodes because like they're so pivotal and they're so like well constructed that like I think everyone can just get something out of them but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. anyway any other thoughts about this or how it ties into ahsoka's journey no i think that we've covered all of it um i'm so excited to see what happens next i believe our next episode will be i think we have one more yeah we have one more before our ahsoka you know but i i'm really excited that we've chosen the ones we have and i feel like it's going to just further what we need from from Star Wars, and that's a redemption of 
Ahsoka's identity and, and seeing where she's grown and evolved from this devastation that she's had to endure. So we've like seen the cusp of her maturation, I feel like, and we're, we're about to see even more of it. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah. So the next episode that we're going to talk about is a, actually a rebels episode it's twilight of the apprentice mm-hmm. um and it's weird to just like jump straight into that one but i think it's a really good one yeah. to really set the stage for ahsoka returning especially because we're getting a lot of the rebels crew mm-hmm. we'll do some like obviously like getting people up to speed with rebels up mm-hmm. to that point but um you know i i think that that's a really good ahsoka entry to have mm-hmm. um and then we'll also just kind of talk about some other um you know ahsoka moment some other cool stuff like leading into the ahsoka show and then after that we're going to be talking ahsoka which mm-hmm. is exciting um one thing i did just want to kind of like finish off with um this episode so i kind of put this to some of our friends who have watched through all of clone wars i just was like asking them i was like what if you could describe like the finale of season seven of the clone wars the finale of the show as a whole like in one word or phrase or whatever, like what would you use to describe it? And I think it really fits. So um, uh, our good friend, Justin said, made the prequels better, which a thousand percent agree with. And then uh, our good buddy, Harrison, who was, uh, has been on the pod twice said uh, the star war. (laughs) Nice. All smushed together. So great. I think both of those are accurate. (laughs) This is the star war. I love that. This is the star war. Um, that's it for today's episode. We are at Distant Echoes SW on Twitter and Instagram, or you can find each of us individually. Cassie, where are you located in this galaxy? I'm at Cassie Thulu on Instagram and the X or whatever the fuck it's called now. <laughs> Who fucking cares? I'm usually on Instagram though. Uh, and I'm at Awkward Comma. Most places you can find me, uh, or most places you can find me, I'm at Awkward Comma on like every social handle that I use. Uh, so, that he's been able to claim. Yeah. Uh, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you like what we're doing, uh, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, tune in next time when we try to, in short order, summarize an entire season of a TV show that we have yet to talk about on the podcast and then talk about the finale of that season. That we haven't even finished yet. Woo! Goodbye. Goodbye.